Good morning, everyone. Welcome to God's House for Worship today. Christianity is not just something we believe, Christ and his word, but it's something we proclaim. It's something we say. God gives us something to say. And the focus of today's service is since you have the word, God's given it to you. You believe it. How far will you go with it? Order of service is found in your worship folder and on screen at this time. Let's begin with our opening hymn, hymn number 560. stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us. Let us then confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God have mercy on me, 
gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority alone, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In peace then, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Jesus Christ, preserve the congregation of believers with your never-failing mercy. Help us avoid whatever is wicked and harmful, and guide us in the way that leads to our salvation. For you live and you reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. How far will you go with the word in our first le lesson from Ezekiel chapter 33? A watchman is supposed to take God's words and watch for the people, but share them with the people and let them hear this. Good news or bad? We read, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel, so hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways, and they do not do so, then they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. Son of man, 
say to the Israelites, this is what you are saying. Our offenses and sins weigh us down and we are wasting away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn. Turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? The word of the Lord. Second lesson is from Galatians chapter 2, and Paul put this into practice too, even warning another apostle, the chief of the apostles, if you will, Peter, warning him that he was straying. We read, when Cephas came to Antioch, that's Peter, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because by the works of the law no one will be justified. The word of the Lord. Please stand for the hymn. gospel from Matthew 18 serves as a basis for the sermon. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind or lock on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose or forgive on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Please be seated for the hymn.
the name of our brother Jesus Christ, dear fellow believers. In the New Testament, there are various ways the Lord Jesus teaches us. He has different methods of teaching. Sometimes he uses parables. Sometimes he says a, a proverb-type illustration. Sometimes he uses prophecy. Sometimes he uses a little bit of apocalyptic-type language in line with prophecy. All of these types of things and questioning techniques that he uses, why he does one thing here and another thing there, all of these things are intended to get you to think, that you walk home, drive home, and you think about these things. What did he mean by this? That's what his disciples did too. But did you know in the New Testament, the clearest, the clearest teaching of Jesus that is so simple, you really don't even have to think about it, it's just right there, the clearest is when he talks about your relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. On the night Jesus was be betrayed, on Maundy Thursday, there he is in the upper room. The disciples had overlooked somebody there, a servant, to wash their feet. Jesus stepped forward, washed all of the disciples' feet, and then he looks at them when he's all done and he says, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. So easy. Love one another. In Matthew 18, right after this lesson, Jesus tells a parable about a king who forgives an enormous debt to his servant. And that servant went out and harassed somebody who owed him just a, a small minor amount. And, and that guy would not forgive that amount, and the king heard about it, and the king reinstated the debt on, on that one that he forgave. And then Jesus looks at his disciples in the crowd and says, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each one of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Forgive your brothers and sisters from the heart. First Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul says, encourage one another with these words. And so here's the word of God for you to encourage, to learn, to grow in, and to help your brothers and sisters with the way you talk to them. In Ephesians, the Apostle Paul says, be kind and compassionate to one another. And in Galatians, he says, carry one another's burdens. Of course, the impetus for all of these things, everything Jesus in the New Testament says to us, you can look right back at your Savior and you can see, he did these things for me. It's Jesus with what a, what a debt of love he, he gave to me and he served me by going to a cross and by giving me his life. And in that life and death, he forgives, if I'm going to be honest, he forgives this huge, enormous debt. There's no way I could pay this off. I can't even begin to start. And he just wipes the books clean with his blood and forgives me by grace. It's Jesus who gives me his word every day of the week, especially on Sunday or Monday, and he encourages me with these things to build me up and to give me hope, and you as well. It's Jesus who is so kind and compassionate. I love that verse from Isaiah, a bruised reed he will not break. He's just so gentle even with those who are already fragile. So kind and compassionate. And of course, when I look at what Jesus did for me in his life and what he's still doing for me when I pray to him, he carries my burdens. He takes these things on himself. I mean, when you look at the gospel, when you look at what your Savior's done for you, it's just overwhelming how far Jesus has gone for you and me. And he's still going with us. How far will you go? How far will you go for your brother or sister in Christ? Because Jesus says, if you see your brother or sister in Christ, who sins, go. Go that far. Go talk to them. Now, maybe we should look at that word sin. If your brother or sister sins, go and show him or her his fault just between the two of you, it says. What does that mean, sins? Because there are some groups out there that have this hierarchy of sins. They have the really bad ones, they have the mediocre ones, and they have the little white lies that really don't hurt anybody. But this Greek word for sin doesn't mean the really, really bad ones. 
It pictures a target and somebody missing the target. It basically means any kind of sin. If you see your brother or sister commit any kind of sin and you're the only witness to it, even if there's one or two others, you have a responsibility. No, maybe we should back up because the first part of the sermon still applies here. The motives and the attitude with which I go, talk to my brother or sister is really, really important because I still want to go with that same love that Jesus served the disciples and washed their feet. I want to go in such a way, I want to forgive. That's my goal. I want to bring Christ's forgiveness to them. I, I want to be kind and compassionate. I want to carry one another's burdens. I want to encourage them with these words. And so my attitude needs to be everything God-pleasing. The attitude should not be whatsoever. Boy, I've, they really hurt me at one point in the congregation. And so I've been watching, I've been waiting, and I finally caught them slipping up, and now I'm going to pounce. And now I'm going to get my pound of flesh, and now I'm going to take it out of them what they did to me. That's terrible. That is not the attitude with which Jesus says to do these things at all. Instead, the way he served us, motivated by the gospel, our attitude is we want our brother or sister back. They've stepped away from Christ with whatever this is, and we want them back desperately. And so it's going to happen. Even when you're not looking for sin, it's going to happen. That's who we are. I'm not excusing it. It's just the nature of this world. And so as we're going about our family life in Christ here, you're going to see somebody slip up. And so there and then I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. And what's the responsibility? I see somebody sin. It's not. Did you see what an idiot that person was? I can't believe they did something. It is not to go talk to others. It is not to gossip. It is not to slander. It is not to tear them down. It is not even, at this first step, it is not, hey, pastor, go get them. Jesus teaches us a completely different approach. With this whole series that he's talking about, notice how he approaches this with maturity, and he wants you to do the same. And he approaches this with spirituality that we're led by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God with a good heart and a clean conscience in this. Notice he teaches us to serve our brothers and sisters in such a godly way. We, again, want our brother or sister back in Christ. That is the goal. And so as you go do that, as you lovingly go that far, maybe you make a phone call, maybe you go in person and you knock on somebody's door and say, can we have some time to talk? And they give you the time. It may happen that they don't listen to you. It may happen that after sitting down, the person completely rebuffs you and does not take anything you say to heart. Well, now what? Now it's time to bring others in. The Bible says, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established on the basis of two or three witnesses. You're one, and these other one or two would be additional. And the whole point here, again, it's not to gossip. You're not trying to find people to win over to your side that you can go after somebody. The point is still the same. I want my brother or sister back. And you're still trying to keep it private. That's the whole goal. You're trying to protect someone's reputation here on earth and especially then in time with Christ. And so who do you look for? If you're going to get one or two others, people I look for, somebody both sides is going to respect. Somebody that is Christian and understands the word of God and has a depth of maturity that they too will work hard to keep this private and care for the individual. And so you find one or two people like that that both sides respect. Now, why would you do that? Why would you look for objective Christian people to come along with you 
on this second step. Because what happens if I saw one of you sin and I completely misunderstood it? What if I saw just the tail end of something? What if I came in on the tail end of a conversation and I'm the one who misunderstood and misread the entire situation and I'm the one in the wrong and and the sinner hasn't done anything wrong? Well, that's what these one or two others can come in and objectively listen to what happened and, and they can get to the bottom of this and they can bring Christ and the word of God to bear in this and bring resolution. That's what we want. Not, I'm right. It's, let's let the word of God be right in this and let's all listen to this. Okay, so we do that. We bring one or two others along and we're able to sit down together, the three or four of us. What happens if the person still doesn't listen? That can't happen after all. I mean, the Lord himself even made a special visit to visit Cain when he was plotting to murder his brother Abel. And even Cain didn't listen to the Lord. It happens. Somebody hardens their heart. So you've witnessed individually, kept it private. You've brought one or two others in and you've kept it private and you've worked in love and the person is still resisting. Well, now what? Now is where Jesus says you tell it to the church. Now is where you tell the pastors. Now is where you bring it to the attention of the head elder and the board of elders. Now is where you bring it to the voters meeting and and it gets brought up there. Why would that happen? It's not to blab. It's we're the family of believers and we've got a straying family member. Don't we care about this individual? Does anybody know this person well that they can go minister to this person and try to serve them and help them understand what the Word of God is saying? We have no hidden agenda against this person. We love them and just want them desperately back. They're part of our family. Wouldn't you do that for your own family? Jesus does. It's what he told Ezekiel, in our first lesson, be a watchman. Tell them, these are my people. He called them Israel. What happens, though, if the person dismisses the entire witness of the family of believers? What happens if the person says, I don't care what the word says and what you think? Unfortunately, that happens, too. Jesus tells us. Treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. That person's just not a Christian anymore. What is a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? It's somebody who trusts Jesus. And by nature of trusting Jesus, what are you saying? Jesus, you've spoken your word to me. I've heard you and I've listened. I love this. A a Christian is somebody who believes the Lord and says, I want to hear more. I want to hear his teaching. I want to grow. This is the best stuff for me. This is the best stuff for my family. And so when somebody says, I don't want to listen to Jesus, I see what the Bible says and I don't care. Jesus says that person's not a Christian anymore. And he says, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. A pagan's an unbeliever. A A tax collector is somebody who sold out in the Old Testament or in Jesus' day, they sold out the people of God and they sided with the enemy Romans. And so, again, with these terms, please don't misunderstand, Jesus is not saying mistreat somebody. We still care for people. But he's saying recognize now there's a difference. There's a distinction between you and this other person. They're not on the path to heaven. This is exactly what Jesus gives us the keys for. He gives you keys. He gives me keys. These belong to the entire church of God. The keys of the kingdom that have been given to you is the law and the gospel. You have the key to lock and to bind and to let somebody know you're not listening to the word. And so heaven is closed to you. Your sins are still yours. And you're in tough shape. And when somebody repents, God has given you the key of forgiveness, the gospel, to let somebody know your sins are washed away in Jesus. He paid for them. And through faith, you're connected to Jesus. You're on the path to heaven. Come join the family of believers and celebrate the the most incredible grace with us. These are two very, very important tools. 
This is what brought us into the family of believers. The key of forgiveness, the gospel. The keys of law and gospel keep us in the family of believers and they preserve us until we meet Jesus. They're that important. One of my favorite hymns in the hymnal is Dear Lord to Your True Servants Give. But my favorite line in that hymn is not the first line or the second line. It's, it's actually the very last line of the third stanza where the hymn writer says, They lay their trophies at your feet. That one gets me every time. There have been a lot of neat blessings in ministry, but you know the greatest ones? It's you. The people of God who listen to the word, who treasure Christ, who take it to heart, who, who want to put this into practice, even if they're tough things, who listen to the law in sermons that's not easy to preach, and sometimes it's really not easy to listen to either, but you take it to heart. And then you listen to the gospel, and, and you walk out, and you still shake my hand and say, great sermon, pastor. Not that I need to hear that, but you needed the gospel. And you saw Jesus. Of all of the trophies, and I don't have favorites, please understand that. But of all the trophies, kind of the nearest and dearest ones to me, and they're all near and dear, are the ones where I had to go knock on somebody's door. And they let me in. And we got to talk the word. It wasn't easy, but you listened. You listened to the law, and you repented, and you listened to the gospel and you treasured Jesus. And the Lord brought you back to the family of believers. Whether I did it or whether I heard of one of the elders doing it or whether I heard, I know there's great work going on even behind the scenes. Those are the, the greatest trophies to present to the Lord. James says the exact same thing. He says, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Not because you did it, but because the word connected them back to Jesus. And Jesus did all of this. Great, great miracle. And on the last day, it's a family of believers fit and ready in the gospel to meet their Savior Jesus and enjoy the blessings of eternal life in heaven. How far will you go? Well, the word teaches us. If your brother or sister strays, for Jesus' sake, go that far. Amen. Please stand. We join together in the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The congregation may be seated. At this time, we invite the Sunday school teachers and music leader up to the front for the installation.
Dear friends in Christ, you have been asked to serve on our Sunday school teaching staff. This ministry helps to carry out the work our Lord Jesus described when he said, Let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Serving in this ministry is a privilege and a responsibility. As teachers, we ask you to continue growing in God's word yourselves, to set a godly example of Christian living both inside and outside the classroom, to prepare your lessons faithfully, and to assist with the ministry so that the children may grow from week to week in God's word. I now ask you in the presence of God in this congregation, are you willing to accept these responsibilities and faithfully carry them out according to the ability God has given you? If so, answer, yes, and I ask God to help me. I now install you as Sunday school teachers and staff at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May our God grant you his Holy Spirit and give you wisdom and strength for your service. And members of St. Paul's, I urge you to regard these teachers and staff members as servants of Jesus and gifts to his church. Pray for them, support them in their service, involve your children in Christian education opportunities, and invite others so that you and other families may receive the eternal blessings the Lord promises to those who hear and learn his word. May you depart in peace. Amen. Lord, you've given us your word and the keys to serve our straying brothers and sisters. Help us serve you and our family and go the distance where appropriate. Bless this ministry, bless our witness and, and the straying as well. May your word unite us to you and to one another as we cling to the grace that is ours in Jesus Christ. We also ask that you would bless our Sunday school teachers and students as they embark on another year. Pour out your spirit on them and raise them up to be faithful Christians. And please come to the aid of the people of Morocco and the citizens affected by the powerful 6.8 earthquake Already more than 2,000 people have died and many are missing. Lord, help them in their great need. And we also join to pray your prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always.